Miss Systemnomics. Miss Systemnomics is a weekly podcast that focuses on the three E's educating, encouraging, and empowering listeners on how to live their best, authentic life. I'm your host, Ashley Natrice, and let's start the show. What's up, beautiful people? It's your girl, your host, Ashley Natrice. Hope you guys have had an amazing week thus far. I'm coming on with a great episode this week, y'all. We are talking about Love is the New Hit Show on OWN. It is one of my favorite shows. I think it discusses so much to do with relationships and career women and men who are struggling, trying to find their way, cheating, you know, being the chick that carries her man through while he's going through his ups and downs in life only to be left for another woman. I mean, it it just covers so much in the realm of dating. And I just love the vulnerability that it shows, the different dimensions that I think it shows in Black women and a Black man and their interaction with each other. So this week, super excited to bring to you all a conversation that I am having with one of my friends, Jada D. We're talking about love is, we're talking about our own relationship stories and experiences throughout the conversation. And if you haven't seen Love Is, girl, I don't know where you been. I'm gonna need for you to go catch up. I know it's on demand now. You need to go watch all 10 episodes before you listen to this podcast because there definitely will be some spoilers in here. But if you're not familiar with Love Is, it's a show on OWN and it's created by uh, Mara Brock Akil. So she also was the writer behind Girlfriends, which was one of my favorite shows back in the day. And Love Is is set in L.A. in the 1990s. It follows a young black couple, two people from opposite worlds, as they go through the trials and tribulations of chasing their dreams and learning how to follow their hearts. Nuri, which is the main character, she's a bubbly person and has big dreams, but she's struggling to make a name for herself as a sitcom staff writer while juggling a string of romances. And then Yasir, who's the main male character, is an expiring director-writer who has hit a snag and is on and off again with his ex, Ruby. And the program is told from the perspective of Nuri and Yasir's present selves while they revisit the social issues in the vibrant Black culture that helped shape who they are today. So Mara Brock Akil is the writer and it's her love story with her husband. And there's a lot of different things that they discuss. So many topics. And once you listen to the episode today, I think you'll get a better sense of Jada and I's perspective on the show. We are both lovers of the show, but we have different perspectives. We see different things. We got different things from the episodes They're really deep. They're really in-depth episodes that I feel like she, Mara, has been able to bring to television for us to see. 
although dating now in the 90s, well, dating now compared to dating in the 90s isn't necessarily the same, I do feel like there's some great resemblances to dating now. They're able to touch on just so many different things that I don't think we always discuss when it comes to relationships. So I was very excited to have this discussion with Jada. And a funny story about me and Jada, how we became friends. So I met Jada back in my freshman year of college. So this was like back in the early 2000s. And we happened to be getting ready to go to this party one night. And so we were at the mall. She was trying on the outfit. I was trying on the outfit. And I remember we kind of came out about the same time and we just struck up a conversation and we literally have been cool and friends ever since. I go to Jada for business stuff and we just have been kicking it. And that is my girl for years now. So I think you guys will enjoy the conversation because it truly is two girlfriends having a conversation, talking about the ups and downs of relationships and what all entails when it comes to relationships in the context of the story love is. So let me just give you a quick little rundown of Jada. She's from Memphis, Tennessee. She now resides in Washington, D.C. And by day, she's a career matchmaker that oversees recruiting for media and production companies nationwide. By night, she's the CEO of Grind Match Strategies and Motivational Apparel. She's been known to help peers find their dream jobs and helping others identify best practices for monetizing their talent. As an advocate of multiple streams of income, she's also an entertainment talent manager and chief experience officer of the Global Intent, a volunteer travel group for millennials. So Jada is truly my hustle, grind friend. I am so excited for you guys to hear our conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. Make sure you check out the Facebook group so we can continue the discussion. I want to see what you guys think of Love Is as a show. I want to know what you guys think of our conversation, what you can add to it, um, any experiences that we've had that you guys have had as well. Don't forget to join us over in the Facebook group to continue the conversation. I do have a link for the Facebook group in the show notes, so don't forget to check that out. And I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Jada. Here we go. Hey, Jada. Hey, girl. Hey. What's going on? It's so- uh, nothing. Nothing at all. Missing love is this week. Right? So it was 10 episodes. And I don't know why I feel like it went by kind of quick. It did. And I watched, like I watched in real time for most of them. You know, a few I watched maybe the next morning, but I didn't binge watch it, but it's still... I can't believe it was 10 episodes. Yeah, it was. When I was going back to look through, to just kind of get an idea 
of everything that was going on for the conversation. It, it seemed a lot shorter than that. I don't know if it's because a lot of times I feel like when they have new shows, they have maybe two or three episodes and then you have a few weeks off from the show. But I feel like they went through pretty consistently. It wasn't too many weeks that we had all from the show. So that may have had something to do with it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So in general, I know you're a lover of the show, but tell me, what do you like about Love Is? You know, I like how authentic the show is and how relatable it was. Um, I think this is one of the first shows we've had in a very long time, if ever, where um, I was engaging with both um, men and women as the show was happening, after the show was happening. And, you know, people that are just catching on late, you know, are now starting to have those conversations about a lot of the topics that were covered. And I think, you know, um, Mara just did a really good, um, she really did a good job of just, I mean, it's her real life, I understand, but, you know, still but she hit she was able to really put you know it was inspired by her life and her relationship but um for for us to be able to see that visually and for it to be portrayed in such an accurate way it was like everybody was like wow like I feel like anybody that watched it could see themselves in at least one scene or one of the characters so that's why I liked it yeah I agree I was um thinking back just to see okay what kind of show have we had lately that reflects what the black like dating experience looks like. And I know this is set back in the 90s and it, it doesn't quite look like it does now, but I still think in general, it gives you that same feel of kind of young love and what that looks like and the mistakes that we make. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really showed, in my opinion, the vulnerability and the realness of the black man that I don't think we see a lot of like the different emotions and stuff that they go through. We get to see how he feels about her because it tends to go more on the woman and all of her emotions. And, you know, we're talking to our girlfriends about how great the new guy is and all of this, but we actually get to see a really good portrayal of, this is how the man feels. These are the different ways of emotions he has going on when he starts dating someone new, when he falls in love. And so I thought that was very unique and different about this show that I haven't really seen anywhere else. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Definitely focusing on um, how the man was portrayed and how the men in general across the board were portrayed just Um, You know, like we are not usually um, privileged to experience hearing men talk amongst themselves as women. So, um, you know, when he was talking, when Nasir is talking with um, his his friend, uh, Sean, a lot, you know, it was just like hearing them go back and forth and kind of whether it was good or bad advice, giving it um, and just hearing them go back and forth on you know, what they should do or shouldn't do and, you know, what's a good idea and what's not a good idea. I was like, wow. And then you see her being very open and vulnerable. I mean, you know, in your own personal relationship, you experience that. But some people don't. Some people have not been in a relationship where a man has been very been able to be open. And, you know, one thing that I I have conversations with my male friends often um, you know, those that trust me, they come to me and talk to me. So I have some really close male friends. 
Um, they are all, I have three that I would probably say are my close um, friends and they are all in relationships. And I think that for the most part, sometimes, you know, they feel like, like most black men for sure, um, that they cannot be as open and honest as they would like to be with their mates. And so I usually encourage them to be because I know that if I'm blessed to have a son, I want him to be able to feel comfortable being emotional, being vulnerable, expressing how he feels, because otherwise he's going to grow up and to be a man that, um, you know, does not do that with his wife. So. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I have a couple of guy friends that I'm really close with, and they're both actually married. And so as a single woman, I like to go to them and ask them questions about, you know, how did you get to that point that you know you were ready for that step? And then if they're having some issues on their end, they're like, okay, help me out, Ashley, because I'm in a doghouse, you know? So <laughs> it's interesting to have male friends to give you their perspective, especially when they've gotten to the point where they're either in a serious relationship or when they're married, because I do think there's like a little light bulb or I don't know what to call it. It goes off in them when they decide that they're ready to settle down. Mm-hmm. It's over. It's like they have made that decision and they stuck with it and they make it happen. Yeah. And we spend so much time trying to be that girl. I think sometimes like Ruby, mm. like she, Oh, Ruby. Girl. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Ruby is the one person I feel like every every woman. I'm gonna go as far as to say I'm 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 making an assumption. I could be very I could be off, but this is my own personal opinion. I feel like every woman probably feels like she's been Ruby at one point. Oh yes. Ruby is all of multiple us. times it's for just... some people, but definitely yeah. at least once. Yeah. It's like I feel for her, but when I watch her, I see myself. Like mm. you can't judge her for some of this stuff because you have been her fully. Yeah. yeah. You know, and when you see it on screen like that, like how are you having this man that you still love in your house is your roommate? Yeah. For me, um, Wow. Yeah, for me, I think that was the most shocking part for me, especially as the show came to an end. The fact that he had to go get his things from her house. Now, I know that his relationship, um, you see his relationship with Nuri went fast. But the moment he decided he was going to be in another relationship, his things would have to be gone. And I just, I can't comprehend that part. Like, I still can't. I'm like, there's no way he would have had to come back to get anything. No, his stuff would have been out on the curb. <laughs> Come get your shit. Like, <laughs> there is no way I know you at another woman's house laying yeah. up with her yeah. and you going to come over here and act like we roommates? No, nah, bro. And your like, prayer no. rug is still over here. That scene. Your prayer rug. Last episode. <laughs> <laughs> That was a hot mess. It was. I'm going to wait until we get towards the end to talk about that last episode because it was just, it was just so much in there. It was. I had to rewatch it again. Like, did I, did all of this happen? Like, that was a lot. But I think Ruby, she kind of 
she represents that part of us that we uproot our lives sometimes or we don't take certain opportunities Mm -hmm. or we alter whatever it is that we say we trying to do for a man. Yeah. We support him while he's trying to get his stuff together, try to, you know, have his leveling up and we get to a point where he like outgrows us in a way, or Mm -hmm. we have conditioned him to see us as his ride or die chick where we will support him through whatever, whenever, and we don't put our foot down. So he just takes full advantage of that. And then when he gets on his feet, he like, okay, cool. I'm good. I'm, I'm done now. Like, let me right. move on to somebody else. And then you're sitting up there left like Ruby looking like boo-boo the fool. Yeah. You know, as I watched that episode and saw so much of myself in, in Ruby, from previous relationships, I definitely had to um, really kind of take some ownership of, you know, yeah. ownership of in the, of the role that I played in, in becoming a Ruby um, and just really owning up to the fact that a lot of times women, we do so much. We do more than was ever asked of us. We, yeah. um, I know myself, I can speak for, for Jada and I know that me being, very resourceful and always feeling the need to help um, is mm-hmm. what some people gravitate to. And so because yeah. I know how to figure things out and what I like to say is everything is figure outable, I know how to figure things out. So like, you know, I have, and I, it is, it has been really part of my journey of growth and maturity where I had to realize that every problem is not for me to solve. Um, Especially even when it is people that is clo- that are close to me or even coming to me with their issue, every problem is not for me to solve. Even when I know that they're coming to me because they know that that's what I will do, I have con- I have literally set boundaries and, and really set some some limitations in relationships and friendships and if, with my family and everything else, and just saying, listen, I'm gonna hear you out. I'm gonna be a listening ear for you, a shoulder to cry on, but I'm not doing much of anything beyond that. If you ask me, then we can have that conversation. But I used to be the person that's always just giving, 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 and really yeah. doing too much. And so naturally, people are like, oh, you going I know, I know Jada's gonna do. It. I know, you know, I'm gonna take her advice. Well, I'm gonna take whatever resources she gives. And I've been Ruby. I'll be the first to admit I've been Ruby more than one time. I have too. Yeah. I, when I watched her throughout the series. I saw myself in so many different ways because I think, I don't know if it's just a a woman thing or an Ashley thing, but I tend to really be a nurturer once I start following, falling for someone. Like if I mess with you, like I really mess with you. Mm -hmm. So then I start trying to go above and beyond and really be like that ride or die chick, like whatever you need. Oh, you you need a bill paid because you a little short. Like I got you. Like I've been her. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. so what I realized in dating and as I've gotten older is that it started to be a pattern. Like if it was a guy that had his stuff together and he was good and he was like a whole person, like he he was on his stuff. Uh-huh. He wasn't even attractive to me. I was attracted to the guy that was 
all over the place and needed, wow. you know, some help and needed somebody to be that strong person for them and needed that person to lean on. Like I had to self-reflect and say, wait a minute, you don't even want the dude that you claim that you want. Like you yeah. say, you got all these high standards for yourself and you, you want a guy that's going to be able to, to match the level that you're on. But when he comes around you don't want to fool with him. You want to go back to what's comfortable for you. And that's the guy that you got to help drag along because you want the the ability to say, I helped him while he was at the bottom. And then once he has his glow up, I want to have the, you know, that little pat on the back. Like, oh, she was there for me when I didn't have anything, you know, like, yeah, I had to realize that was who I was. And that's what I want it even though I may not necessarily be attracting that I was going after that wow you know that's a good realization I think that even with that I personally I don't I don't know if mine was to that extent but it was definitely I unconsciously was attracting people that um I felt the need just to help and and like you said it is the nurture part and I I know that it, it was a part it is is a part of me and I've worked on to an extent I allow that to happen, but um, and it wasn't for me. It's it's never been for the the pat on the back or anything like that. But it was a desire to be needed. It's what it was. Mm. Um, yeah. And you know, as you spoke on before in previous podcasts, you know, um, I have been unpacking why I had that need. Um, just through therapy and things like that, but it was it's all it was definitely rooted in in the idea of wanting to be needed. And like you, in my head, I had a my list wasn't ever long, but it was pretty basic of just some standard things of a guy of what I wanted in a man. And it was like I would have this vision of what I wanted him to look like and what I wanted him to have. And then as I was attracting other people, it was like I would forget my whole list. Like what happened yeah. to your list? And then I would make excuses of, well, you know, he don't have this, but, you know, he's but he has this and so on and so forth. But um, thank God for time. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) that's all I'm going to say is thank God for time. okay? and I'm no longer in that place. (laughs) I always say experience is the best teacher, because after you have gone through that so many times and you start to really do the work on yourself, it's like what we talked about earlier this week when you posed that question on Instagram. Like, do you feel like you attract the person? What did you say? Do you do you attract who you are or what was my what was it? Uh, let me see. Do you believe the saying you attract the person that you are? And I said, I think you attract a person that's similar to how you feel about yourself. Our partner tends to be a reflection of us and how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think as I've done the work on myself and I don't think the work is ever done. Yeah. But as I've started to unpack, like you said, some of those beliefs that I had that I didn't even realize that I had the attraction of the people that I have been around probably in the last year or so is totally different than who I was attracting before. 
absolutely the level and how I see myself in my interaction with them or even like the person I'm dating now, like my attraction to him, I feel like it's much more a reflection of who I am now and my standards that I have for myself. Like, I feel like my list has gotten shorter, but it's gotten more clear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I completely agree because, you know, as we talk about the men that we attract and just thinking about how um, your seer was kind of portrayed. And I remember Mara having to, in some of her after show interviews, just mentioning how she was very careful and a lot of times asked Will to do scenes over because she was very mindful of how her husband would be portrayed. Because for her, some of the things mm-hmm. that she viewed as love, for example, when he was dressing her and how he you know, was telling her what to wear for her, she said he still does that. Because that's, but she loves that about him. Like she loves for him to do that. But as a viewer, somebody watching, I was like, well, wait a minute. She can't wear what she wants to, you know, and other people felt that That way. And so it was like for us, a lot, you know, I know just from when I was having conversations with people about this show, they, you know, they felt like Yasir was kind of like condescending. They felt like he had anger issues. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily agree. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily disagree or agree. Um, I think it was he was had he's very complex. But back to what you were saying about the people that you attract, I know that um, not on a consistent basis, but I definitely have dated have dated someone that was went from zero to a hundred. And for me, I have yet to be in an abusive relationship, and I don't plan on starting today or tomorrow. Right. So because of that, yeah. like that was a huge red flag for me. Like I didn't grow up in a house where I experienced seeing that either. So anytime somebody is yelling at me and cussing me out, I'm already done. Like I'm done with you. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't operate that way. And so that's what we were seeing on this show. And it was like, Hmm, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think that particular scene, depending upon your experience with a man who maybe lights clothes or style or whatever you may have a different view of that because I know in my family my dad he thinks he's GQ man in the year okay (laughs) you cannot tell him anything all right he is the hardest person in the world to shop for because he knows what he likes he knows what he wants and he likes fashion and things of that nature my mom on the other hand I'm not saying she's not a stylish person because she is, but it's just not her thing. So growing up, I have always seen him buy clothes for her and dress her. So that scene didn't have that same effect on me because I'm accustomed to my dad, like going out and buying my mom something, you know, and she looks forward to it because she's like, you know, your dad can dress me better than I can dress Mm -hmm. me. So it was nothing for him to go out and get her an outfit that he saw in the store for her and it be in a bag when, you know, she came home or whatever. So it's interesting, like really your experience really determines your perspective on certain things because that never occurred to me that that was something that someone would see as controlling. <laughs> I thought when he looked at her like, he was like, girl, you look sexy. And he kind of boosted her head up. Now, she wasn't comfortable <laughs> at all. And she did look like she had on like somebody nightgown. Right. <laughs> so hurt. 
but I got what he was trying to do. I think, yeah. You know. And I think I was kind of in the middle with it. Um, I, I definitely could see both sides and, you know, and knowing like your, your experience and kind of what you, you know, what you experienced growing up. I get that for me, my mom, my mom was probably more of the shopper. Um, but the funny thing is my dad, he likes for him and my mom to dress just alike. Like they, I mean, my sister oh, joke really? and say the boxy twins, like conjoined twins. It's like <laughs> literally like at <laughs> any given time, any opportunity they have to dress just like they do. It. They enjoy that. Of course, other people think it's so cute for me. I'm just like, look at these folks here. You know, but, um, but, but if I think, but if I'm really, if I, if I, um, you know, look, step outside of the box, I think it is, it's cute. That's how they show their love for each other. And that's what they enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, somebody could see that and be like, well, that's weird. But literally most people will ask me like, whose idea was it? And it's his idea. He likes to do that. Yeah. So you're right. It is about your, your, like your experiences definitely shape your perspective. But I think that one thing about that is we have to keep that in mind when we are like in a relationship. Like you have to keep yes. in mind the, the that's kind of why you need to know how people grew up and, and how they were raised and their experiences as a child, because then you can better understand why they make the decisions they make, why they think the way that they think and why they may not necessarily agree with a lot of things you you agree with. Yeah, I think um, that played out a lot on the show because Neri and Yasir fell in love so quickly, yes. you know, that they didn't stop to have some of these conversations. So as things started to pop up, she reacted one way, he reacted another way. And maybe some of their reactions to each other wouldn't have been so extreme if they would have taken the time to have some of those conversations. Absolutely. But they was just feeling each other so much. And I know we talk about it a lot of times in the context of relationships. It's like that meme that goes around. Um, like it's hard to love someone who grew up on survival. Something like that. You know what I'm talking about? No. Like, uh, but I can understand what you're saying. Like, they was always in survival mode, basically. Yeah, always in survival mm -hmm. mode. So they don't know how to be loved because they've never experienced that. They've just only been out here surviving. So basically, they were saying that it's important for you to have those types of conversations mm -hmm. so you know what people have gone through. Oh, absolutely. So you don't get in your feelings about something or take things so personal that have absolutely nothing to do with you. It's just how they're wired and they may not even know that that's how they're reacting until you bring it to their attention. And I think we saw that with Yasir's anger. Yeah. He just, um, I'm not going to say he has anger issues, but I do think he has, a tough time controlling it. And when his anger kicks in, he starts to act somewhat like a child yes. to me. He has strong energy. Let's say that. Yes. He, he has a strong <laughs> energy. So thinking back to this episode when she did not call him, because listen, that one took me out. Okay. I can understand. So I can understand him wanting her to call and I can understand why he'd be like, why didn't you call me? Yeah. But the fact that she was standing in front of him, mm -hmm. I couldn't get over the fact that he he couldn't move past it. 
Like, I'm standing in front of you, so I'm okay. I get it. I should have called. I'm sorry that I didn't. I'm going to try to do better next time. But I'm physically standing in front of you. Yeah, he went to the extreme. Like, and you're going to be mad. Okay. Well, he did bring up that point. Was it the same episode? Yeah, I think it was friends. the same episode that something had happened. Yeah, something had happened to his friends. So I guess his emotion kind of kicked in on that. But I still feel like he did the absolute most in that moment. <laughs> and I was, I was, that, I was, Bro, I was, you need yeah. to chill out. I was trying to be understanding when he did bring that up. But I, I too feel like, okay, sir, you still doing the most. Um, yeah. Cause he was so upset. And I think that every time he just got so upset, I'm just like, okay, like I'm trying to really appreciate your passion. But every time you mm-hmm. just come back and let me down. You do, you know. And I really think that is something that I'm looking forward to see in other seasons. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like an underlying part of just who he is. And she had to get to a point where she just had to accept that if she was going to be with him. Because even in the very last episode, how he reacted to her Last scene, like he couldn't even communicate. And I understand he's upset, but, you know, he just walked off the stage Mm -hmm. because he can't really communicate how he feels when he gets to a certain point. Yeah, like just to hit on your point about accepting people for how they are. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because I think that women, we are the worst at doing this. Um, I think that a lot of times we don't, like a man will tell us and show us, yeah, we still think we can change him. Um, Yes, they will show us and tell us exactly, exactly who they are. Like they are not that complicated. Yeah. Like literally, and, and yeah, we still are like, well, we want you to be this way. And I mean, again, I know I I used to be that person that, I mean, I, I don't speak on anything. I haven't experienced and I feel like, you know, that's just a part of growing and, you know, and maturing. But I hate to see when, when I hear women tell me like, or a guy says he doesn't want to be in a relationship or something like that. And I'm just like, well, and but yet, you know, they're like, well, he's, but he, but he does, but I'm like, well, he already told you he doesn't want to be in a relationship. So it should end there, you know? Right. So, and I, yeah, I don't, I am definitely not in the um, business of changing anybody's mind. I'm not in the convincing business. Um, you know, whatever you tell me, I'm going to take it for, for what it's worth. And if you change your mind, then you should tell me is how I feel about it. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we have to learn to accept, even when they say, like, I'm rocking with you, I'm enjoying being with you, dating you, but given everything that's going on in my mm. life right now, I just can't. <laughs> I know. Oh, I mean, it sounds, I mean, it's like, are you reading a text message? <laughs> right. <laughs> It's not you, you know. I'm just at a at a life, place in right. my life right now. I just got a lot going on. No, yeah, I just got a lot going on. I'm busy, okay. Right. I'm busy, so I just can't, you know, be in a relationship right now. Now that may change, and 
two months, three months, six months, you know, but I'm just letting you know that that's where I'm at right now. So then it's on me to make the decision. Okay. Yeah. Do I want to stick around and continue to date this person knowing that he's told me this is where he's at? Or am I going to make the decision that I'm ready for a relationship and this is no longer going to serve me and I'm going to move on? But he's told you where he is. So now it's up to you to make the decision about what you're going to do. But if you decide to stay, then you got to know what you're getting. And you can't be in your feelings and upset and, you know, feeling a certain type of way because he hasn't made you his girl. Yeah. And I mean, but that's where we go. And, you know, it's funny how, you know, some men are able to make those excuses. Even some women make those same excuses. So we're not just going to put it on the men. Women make similar excuses. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this show, like, you see, had so much going on. Yet. So So much much. going on. Yet. He still. was all for Nuri in such a short amount of time. All for in her. In such a short amount Go of time. Hard for her. I mean, he kind of debunked all of those things that men try to hit you <laughs> with. Well, he wasn't busy, okay? But you know, <laughs> I'm broke. Like, that tends to be the thing. Like, I ain't got no money, so I can't really date right. you, no. This man was, he pushed his car, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he slept in his car. He did whatever he needed to do to make sure that she knew that he wanted yeah. her. None of that stopped him. Even before tech, yeah. But I wonder Even before technology, he ran to her house. Yeah, ran, ran. <laughs> I was like, I need a man to do that for me. <laughs> um, yeah, ran. Yeah, but. I I love their love story, but it does kind of make me feel like, is this realistic? And I know some of it is added on to for TV, but this whole, like, we just fell in love and woo, woo, woo. And yeah, he got some stuff going on, but you know, we made it at the end. And I know they're showing us the ins and outs of their relationship. But it's still one of those things like, does it really happen that fast? Okay, so I take it you don't believe in love at first sight. Okay, check that one off. Um, <sighs> <laughs> I don't know if I do. I believe in lust at first sight. Like, I think you can lust after somebody. <laughs> but after a while, it you know, that really wears off and then... I don't know. Oh, you, I'm yeah. beyond. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I've ever. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've ever experienced it. Um, I don't know. I think that if I even thought that I had experienced it, I probably would have ran. Um, naturally. Yeah. It would have sounded. It would have appeared and feel. It would have felt too good to be true. Too good yeah. to be true. I would have ran. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Because oh, really? I in my past, I probably ran. I would have thought he was crazy. <laughs> I would have I thought he was crazy. Like, he's doing too okay, much. Okay, so think back to your dating life. Who? When have you dated someone in the past? And you were probably like, oh, no, he he's he moving too fast. That was your year, yeah. You missed him. I ran. <laughs> I'm just playing. Yes. I'm a runner. <laughs> I will tell you. <laughs> I am the girl who says, 
I think I want to be in a relationship. I'm ready to settle down. And then as we start inching closer to that, I'm like, maybe, (laughs) maybe I'm not really ready for this. So that's good. I mean, I'm definitely over this. Lots of therapy. I'm definitely over that hump. (laughs) Thankfully, I know that I definitely in the past, I would use um, my growing career I'll use school school first. Yes. And then grad school and then, you know, just my career moves and not getting attached because I don't know where I'm gonna be and things like that. I definitely did that. But thankfully I'm definitely in a better place now yeah. where, you know, the person that I'm with now, like I think that when he and I got together, because um, we dated before. Um, we dated when I like to say mm-hmm. we were young and dumb, um, and then reconnected. Now in the more, you know, when we're both more mature. And so I think now he, you know, I think he, you know, he originally asked me, you know, some questions about like our limitations based off of like my career goals and stuff like that. And I had to tell him like, I'm, I don't really care about that anymore. Like my goal now is like family like and build, you know, building a family. Yeah. And so I'm pretty, I'm not climbing anyone's ladder, you know, and things like that. So my mm-hmm. priorities have shifted. So that definitely changes the game. Mine have too. It does. I think I can relate to Angela in mm. some type of way. You know, she's very career yeah. focused. Whatever she needs to do to get to that next ring on the ladder. Like that was me at yeah, one point in time. And so what I started to realize was, okay, I need to start putting as much effort that I'm putting into my career into a partner, if that's what I say that I want for my life. And so I think when you are a very ambitious, driven, career-oriented person, you can get so laser-focused in on that, that you look up. And you realize like, okay, my friends and everybody around me getting married, having babies and stuff like that, which is cool. But if that's, if you want a partner in life, you got to start giving that some attention. Like he just ain't going to come knocking on your doorstep. You know, you got to put forth some effort. So what I started to find was because I know I'm a career oriented, driven, ambitious person. There's a certain type of man that I need in my life. And he can't be one that's going to get upset because I'm up all night on my computer trying to work on my business or I got this meeting or this speaking engagement or I'm doing that. Like I need him to do his own thing and be tied up in his own stuff as well and we support each other. But it's hard to do that with someone who doesn't really fully support what you're trying to do in in the grind that you're on. And I also realized this, that I want to be a wife more than I want to Mm. be a mother. I discovered this in therapy. So that means that there's a lot of men out here who want to be a father first. Like they want to have a have a family more so than they want to be somebody's husband. And if that's their expectation of me is to one day be a stay at home mom, then I'm not the right person for them. I need somebody who wants to be 
a husband first. And then if we have children, great. But if we don't, he's not going to be devastated. That's the truth that I found that's out real. about myself. You know, that, that is, that's great that you discovered that and, you know, are, are open and honest about that. I think, I think the first problem is that a lot of people don't know themselves. And so not being able to identify with yeah. what they really want. I know that yesterday I posted something that I heard from, um, the, uh, from a, a podcast that, uh, Lovey and Yvonne have. And Lovey said, that she's attracted to the the guy that she dates um and any man that she would ever consider dating has to be someone that will see her power and not be threatened and i was like wow that's deep um and mm. i think that that's kind of yeah. what was that's kind of how Yasir saw Nuri like um you know she had a lot going for herself um you know she was making moves she was a homeowner she was you know in a career that he could only dream of um, but he wasn't threatened by that. And for me, that's why I kind of saw myself. Um, and one of the things I discovered in therapy is that in the past, I've attracted a lot of men that didn't have it together. That was always who I attracted. And I think yeah. in the end, they they camouflaged who they were um, to impress me. And a man actually told me this before. He was like, mm-hmm. men will always tell you what you want to hear. They will always camouflage who they are because they know the value that you add. Um, But in the end, they are not used to women actually following up. So you are foreign to them because you will actually follow up and hold them accountable. And the moment that you start doing that is when you're going to start seeing, you're going to start feeling as though you're, you know, ruffling some feathers. And it was, it was true Um, because I do hope, I do hold people accountable, whether you're my friend or a coworker or family or my mate, I'm going to hold you accountable because I want everybody to be great. So, um, you know, if, if, if that is, and that's my power, you know, and so if, if, if that intimidates you, we could never be together. So that's why I do appreciate, um, the person that I'm with now. Like, you know, he is definitely a cheerleader. He's definitely supportive. I mean, he has his own stuff going on too. So it's not like a competition. If anything, if anything, it's like, we're going to push each other to be better. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what I feel like I have. What you just said about that um, quote, I don't know if you remember in the last episode, uh, Nuri said, Yasir wants to be with me. Derek Mm. wants to win me. And when she said that, I was like, girl, that's where it happens. Because even when we talk about our careers, you know, you go to these you know, resume. Mm-hmm. And I know you do some of that resume building and all of that. And women, we want to make sure that if we see a job post, we want to make sure we can do every single thing that they say mm-hmm. that we need to be able to do. The man, he'll <laughs> find two things that he think he can, <laughs> he can do. And he just like, all right, I'm just going to yeah. wing the, yeah. the rest of it. Right. So it's the same thing when they're dating us like, okay, I can win her in this area. I know she's looking for this over here. Let me just see how much I can maneuver and do to win her. And you got to be able to figure out the guy that wants to win you and the guy that wants to be with you. And I actually have one of my close friends. It has a huge social media presence. And so um, we have found just from us discussing our dating life is that men are, you know, the, the idea of being with her seems very glamorous and seems exciting. And then when they, 
deal with her. Not that she is has high expectations, or um, or I should say, that she doesn't have unrealistic expectations. I think that they are pretty standard in in what she she has set. But it's like once they get with her, um, right, you know, it, none of it has gotten super serious. But it's just the idea of that consistency and things like that. And her expectations, then it's like. They were like, oh, well, I, I don't know what I signed up for, but it's kind of like, okay, now that I've I've gotten her, mm-hmm. uh, rather than sex or not even having sex, just the idea of saying that I have spent time with you, you know, I've taken up your, I have, I have gotten your emotions connected and all of that, then they don't, they're not really, they're not in it anymore. It's kind of like it was a prize and that's unfortunate. Um, it is, you know, it's very unfortunate and yeah. I definitely hope we get to a place of where that's not the case anymore for sure. But like, Thinking of like winning, <laughs> let me tell you something, Nuri. What I'm not gonna ever do <laughs> is propose to a man. I will be a, I'll be at somebody's church uh, <laughs> with oh, a nun outfit before. Never. I propose to a man. She was so passionate. She was. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> like she, she just seems so desperate at the moment i i don't think that would have flown over with anybody else but yasir because it, it was just i don't know i'd like to think that the men that i attract would be turned off by that i hope so um absolutely because i'm like <laughs> there's no way that you would think that that was okay and i would hope that you would tell me no or girl, get up! Like, right. what are we doing? What's happening? Yeah, or like, okay, you didn't have a little bit too much to drink. Right. What's girl, you, going girl, on? Drunk. Because- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I just, I, you know, for me, it, that's always a that's a joke for me. Like, I know it. I did. I don't know if it, that part actually happened. I think it did. Um, it did. So I watched the after show, and she said that she really did that. So did they actually get but married the, the then, of- or what? I don't know. Or was that like the they fake proposal? They probably gonna say that. Well, you know, in the episode, he he went and told Sean yeah, right. that mm-hmm. he. <laughs> I wouldn't even told my friend that she <laughs> proposed to me. It just felt like we had a conversation and we just decided we're gonna get married. But it was just so much that went on in that moment, like Derek and girl. Derek, Woo. he's nice looking. He was. He's for me. He's that nice. was it, though. I mean, I mean, he had it together too, but he. But that comes with a lot. But he's a classic case. I was, yeah, I was gonna say. I think every. <laughs> I think every woman has a Derek in their life, right? Yeah. You roll hard for him. You then planned your whole life with him. He out here cheating, doing you wrong, doing whatever it is he want to do because he feel like you always going to be there because you've always been there. You know, you've always taken him back so many times. And then he loses his mind when you decide to move on to somebody else. Now you like the love of his life and he can't, you know, live life without you. And he's so sorry. And you know, all the other women, they didn't matter. I mean, he gave a classic, you know. Yeah. We're going to keep it PG-13 for the podcast, but, you know, an F-boy spiel. Absolutely. You know, he, he gave Absolutely. a classic speech. Yeah. It was like, where were you? And I was still up here like, dang, Derek look good. Like, <laughs> That's how he gets you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> y'all saw and me the whole time. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. No, them fine ones. Um, yeah, no, mm-mm, no, absolutely not. Yes. Nope. 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 And nope. Ring and everything. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. No. You know what's interesting is so we don't we don't get we don't get really any information about Neri's father, right? No, not that I can remember. So you know that's a that's really telling. Um, if we just think about like her relationship with men, like and her relationship with her mother, mm-hmm. which for me was kind of weird. Her mama knew too much. Uh, yeah, her mama knew, knew way too uh, much. Yeah. Um, way, way too much. Like there's communication, but there's like overly communicating and I don't need my mama to know everything. Yeah, no, I'm like, then you know your mama right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But we got to talk about the other, we got to talk about Yasir. Okay, yes. Listen, first off, somebody need to give her an award immediately, but it was amazing. I, man, I was so appreciative. You would have thought I was in a relationship with a man that has baby mama issues and I'm not. Me too. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, get get him together. And then, so, okay. Here's my okay. beef. And, you know, I don't know what people are going to say about this. But this is my okay. thing. Because I feel like after that episode, I was looking on social mm-hmm. media. And everyone had kind of retweeted and reposted the part of her going in on Yasir. But a lot of people were not posting the part of her going in on the baby yeah, mama too. Correct. And that irritated me because she got them both together. Yeah, she did. I received both. It wasn't just on the yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. I received both of the I received both and I think I was I mean, of course, naturally it's universal that most people are gonna connect with that, with uh, her getting him together. But for me, having um, guy friends that you know I had that have children and knowing a lot of their situations where they are yes. good fathers and they you know and they are yes. in their children's lives and whether they live in the same city or not you know just knowing the struggles and challenges they've had I was like yeah get her together mm-hmm. too because you know what both of y'all mm-hmm. made this child so I that's how I felt I dated a guy who had a child a younger child and I got to see firsthand how much it tore him up to not be with his child, mm. to be so far away from his mm. child, like the issues that he had with the baby mother. I mean, I felt for him. It gave me a different perspective on the whole baby father ordeal because yeah. he wasn't a deadbeat at all. Like he loved his child. If he could have had his child with him, he would have, but circumstances just did not allow yeah. for that. But the mother made things difficult for him in some ways. And so when I saw that scene, I thought it was a great scene for them to show both ends of it because the mama told her, you got to let him yes. go. He don't want you no more. That's basically, that's exactly what she yeah. said. He does not want you yeah. anymore. Yeah. And that's a hard pill to swallow, but it was necessary. And it was a, a point that we don't talk about a whole yeah. lot. 
and she got him together about being away and trying to swoop in, which I can see that because I've seen that too. You know, you come in and you want to give, you know, your opinion and say, this is what needs to be done. And I'm the father, blah, blah, blah. But you ain't been here. You don't have to get up at night and, you know, take care of a sick child. You don't have to take them back and forth to school. So I think it gave a very well-rounded view of what that dynamic can look like. Absolutely. I agree. You know, what was funny, a funny part they added in, which when the little boy was like, are you my daddy's girlfriend? No, I'm his friend. Right. <laughs> and can we talk about Nuri saving the day for the little boy? You know what? I like her. She saved the day for the little boy, had his little tooth fairy stuff. Those are, you know what? She's going to make a great stepmom for sure. Bonus mom. I wonder if some people would think that she overstepped her boundaries with that. Do you think so? That's a good question. You know, I think oh, that's a good question. So, I mean, I'm not a mother, so I don't know if I would have felt like it was an overstep in the boundaries. Yeah. But I think that it was in the best interest of the child. Because at the point, I feel like she did. I don't feel like she did. Just from my personal opinion. Because she just wanted him to be happy. And it was a lot that had happened that day. So. Mm-hmm. If the child could be happy after all the drama that he just experienced, I think that was nice. It was a nice touch. Yeah. But some people probably felt like she did. Yeah, I I wonder because I, you know, when you're not a mother and you haven't yeah. had that to deal with, I wonder how people saw that. Like, is she trying to be, you know, the savior and come in and swoop in and because I can't afford it and his dad can't afford to do it, then I was she was gonna take care of it. So. I know I have to ask some people how they felt about that. That's a good question, though. Definitely a good, good question. Um, did you feel like before, you know, I guess she got official with Yasir within with two, three days. But do you feel like, <laughs> um, <laughs> did you feel like it was like her dating, like how she was just dating freely? Do you feel like that that should be OK? Or that's acceptable for a woman to do? I do, but I will say in my experience, it's hard. So I went on this girl's trip this past weekend and I was talking to a couple of them and they were talking about how they try to have their whole phase, right? So they try to go out here and date around and just do whatever they want to do. But it was something in them that stopped them from being able to do that. And Nuri yeah. was out here trying to like live her best life and she was doing it. Yeah. And I, but I'm not cut from that cloth. Like, even if I wanted to, my values and, and how I think about myself, I just don't think I would be able to do it to that extent. Now, dating, yeah, I can date multiple people at the same time. But as far as like having a sexual relationship with multiple people at the same time, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I agree with you, but I, I I completely agree with you. I know some people that can't even mentally comprehend like just dating multiple people because they just can't multitask like that. For me, I definitely did it. I did it. I mean, when I was like fresh out of like a previous relationship, I took I took a year for myself. I did. I was very um, intentional not dating at all. But after that, like I went from like zero to a hundred. <laughs> and it was going on and this was when like this was when tinder was popping so oh. i was like angela on y'all folks 
I was on date after date after date. Absolutely. And I, I you know what's funny though, thinking about Tinder. I actually introduced Tinder to like most of my friends. So this is when it was mostly white candidates on Tinder. Um, because like my friend my my white friends told me about it. So I introduced it to my friends or whatever when we were single and stuff like that. And yeah, the rest was history. So yeah, I had I mean I enjoyed it. I mean it, it, I enjoyed it, you know. It was I've done the was. casual dating and have gone on multiple dates, but I don't know. I just came. I must be one of those people that came multitask. Like at one point in time, I was getting confused. I'm like, okay, <laughs> who am I talking to about what? <laughs> Let me yeah, that's true. The same back because <laughs> I'll get confused. That is true though. I can't keep no, up. I, I didn't do this too long. That <laughs> is true though. Yeah, I couldn't do it for a long time, but but honestly, because. By the time I was dating, I mean, you know, emotions gonna uh, arise. So it was just like, okay, yeah. I actually started liking you. Then mm-hmm. you disappeared. Then you go. Then I, then you ghost me, girl. Then I ghost you. Like, you know, it this was a ghosting lot. thing. We gonna have to have a separate conversation about this. We will. We will. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I I actually despise it, but oh yeah. my gosh, it's another day. That's gonna be another day. Okay. Yeah, but I, I yeah, I'm missing love. Is though, man, I just. This is a gr- this is a really great start, and just knowing they have a second season, and I really truly believe that the first season, of course, since for them it was just like not knowing where it would go. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, Mar has had a lot of success, so we could only hope that it would continue. But I think they put a lot in the first season. They like did. everything was happening so fast, it was like one scene to the next, and it was like we didn't even get to really go deeper. Like even with the with the uh, sexual trauma episode. like That's exactly what I was about to ask you about. It's not, it, like, everything happened so quick. I'm like, wait, you was getting put out? It needed more time to, yes. to breathe because it's such a big part of our culture. And yes, it happens heavy. to us yeah. so young. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we realize that it just doesn't happen to women. It happens to men as well. And for them to have that moment, it was just a beautiful moment for them to have. It it started off really rough for her having her flashback. But at the end of the day, like he was able to be there for her and she was able to be there for him because they shared yeah. something. And I just think to myself, how many people are in a relationship now that they have gone through the exact same thing and they don't even know it? Yeah. You know, they don't even know each other's story. So the amount of vulnerability that they had to have at that moment to, yeah, you know, kind of break down and say, this is what happened to me. But I think Nuri showed what I feel like in my own experience, what happened is that you allow yourself to go there. And you remember everything that happened and everything that transpired and you may share it with somebody. But then the next day you go back into that like black superwoman syndrome. Right. And mm-hmm. he's like, Nuri, you good? She's like, I'm good. I'm good. She cleaning, you know, <laughs> Nuri, you sure you OK? I'm OK. You know, and she just tried to act like it never happened. Yeah. And that's so realistic to what we do. Like we'll allow ourselves to get vulnerable and go there for a moment but then once that moment is over with we're back like okay i'm fine we we don't even have to talk about it ever again like just <laughs> don't even bring it up and so i felt like that's what she did in that moment and it was interesting because i think he would have 
probably told more about what happened to him if she would have been open to having the conversation. Yeah, and I hope, and re- I hope, um, I hope, it, um, and I'm sure that in in their real lives, you know, they had more time to go deeper with that. I bet I'm almost positive that I think that was the episode that they struggled with on how they would kind of develop that that mm-hmm. storyline. Um, but I definitely feel like it was just ran over. But um, I definitely hope in season two we're able to get just more of whatever they hit on. I just wanted, I just want a little bit more. Like, don't give me like five heavy topics in one episode like yeah. stretch it out for me yeah but yeah. I, this was a this is a great show um amazing show like it's it's so many layers to it you can have so many conversations around this show like so many so many oh. like yeah i i hope that if i had to pick a, a character that i just really hope like i could think about what's going to happen to them in the future like I really hope that um that Ruby like finds her Yasir. You know? Like mm. the guy that she wanted for herself, the guy that Nuri gets to enjoy. Like I really hope that that's what she gets next and not repeating the same cycle for sure. I kinda wanna see what's gonna happen with Angela. Yes. Yes. I can see her kind of dating Norman though, but you know, I can see her dating her boss. I hope not, but I can see it happen. Ooh, now that would be a storyline. Yeah, especially they're gonna be working together. You know, you just never know. That would be okay. We're gonna wrap it up, but I gotta ask you about this. Okay, Keith. Keith is about like um, the situation when you were talking about Nuri and her sexual trauma. I was just like, Keith just, okay, like, I wasn't surprised. Let me just say that when Keith came out, I was not, I was not surprised. Because I feel like he overcompensated. Yes. In the first few episodes before we knew what was going on. So once I heard it, I'm like, oh, that's what it is. You know, like I knew it was something, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. Because why are you why are you kissing me in my mouth at work? Right, and we not. He was just trying to. (laughs) He was just trying to do too much. Like, yeah, even showing up at her house, like you could clearly tell that um, he she didn't really want to go with him. But yeah, and I felt like. Any other time there was a situation like a trip or something, no matter when it was set, whether it was 20 years ago or currently, if you ask someone if they're going to go on a trip and they're like unsure or if they say they don't know, they don't or know, like you're not going to keep hounding them to go on a trip with you. It's just not happening. Right. It's not happening, especially for a man, man, like especially for a man. No. Yeah, because he always got options. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. I know that's bad to say, but it's the truth. I mean, he can find, if he's a single man and he hasn't made someone his woman, he's got an option that he can bring to a wedding, to a function, to a trip. He's got somebody he can pull to go. So if she wasn't available, it didn't really matter how much he wanted her to go it was more so I think he was trying to prove to his friends yeah. it wasn't even really about Nuri at all it was about let me prove to my friends 
that I got somebody. And let me just say it, the friends, they was doing too much. It it was just, <laughs> if I would have walked in and they had a whole sweater for me and <laughs> where am I at? Get me out of right. here. Right. You, yeah, they, they were they were a lot. I would have definitely. I don't know if I would have felt out of place because you you kind of got to get adapted to like your booze friends and people and stuff like that. But you do. But yeah, and they, they chilled were, they out. Were. It started off a little aggressive. I agree. But then once they started, you know, drinking and stuff like that, it it calmed down a little bit. And I didn't really know where they were gonna go with that either. Like. They kind of set it up like it would have gone way left, but it didn't. So you you get what I'm saying? I don't really know how how they how they set that scene up. But no, I get you. Yeah, I definitely with Keith though. um, I think I Keith is another theme. His character is another theme that I think um, was placed accurately on how um, there are a lot of people that are not living in their truth and are right. overcompensating in other ways and really just can do not feel like even now in 2018, there's still plenty of people that would like to admit that they, you know, like the same sex or whatever, but they are not comfortable doing that. So they overcompensate and they get in relationships and they have children and they sometimes they even get into marriages. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really, I really hope we get to a point where people, can just be themselves. Um, and I think that it was it was crazy, but it's not uncommon for him to just be like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, that was nothing. Yeah. Like, Keith, no, that was something, but okay. Sir, it that was, was a lot. I, I hope they kind of dive a little deeper into that. And yeah. I don't know if you remember, Yasir had to check Muri on her. Um, she made a comment. I can't remember what kind of conversation they were having, but like the stereotypical comment about Keith and uh oh about he wanted to have sex with her? No, she had said something like HIV, AIDS, something like that. You remember they were saying oh, yes, about um HIV um being transmitted through gay men? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um yeah. so I like how they kind of Throughout the series, they threw in these little socially conscious things to say, okay, this is not how you react to this. Okay, you and your feelings, Nuri, but you can't slander a whole group of people and place them in this box because you got a a certain type of way of feeling about what Keith did and what's going on with that. So I like those little underlying tones that they had in the show. Yeah. And the last thing that I wanted to circle back to that we talked about at the beginning of the conversation before we wrap. But the last episode, I thought it was very powerful. And I don't think it's a huge moment that maybe if you weren't really kind of paying attention, you may gloss over it. But that conversation that Yasir had with Sean, Mm. I thought that was Mm. like a really powerful moment between two black men, one who has the girl, but doesn't really seem like he has anything else right now. One who seems like he's got a little bit more going on. And Sean throughout the 
season, he just kind of seemed like, you know, your good boy, you know, he made the little slide jokes, but he was talking about arguing with his girl all the time. Yep. You remember that scene? He's like, um, maybe I don't want to argue all the time. Maybe yeah, he I would don't make, wanna, yeah. yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I got the responsibility to pay the bills and take care of my kid, but maybe I want more for myself. And he I was just like, I want what you was, got, right? And then he said at the end, like, yes. I want what you have. Yeah. Yeah. And it just reminded me that men, no matter how hard they come off or how, or how closed off, because Sean seems like your typical black man that's portrayed on TV. Right. Like, he ain't really into his feelings. He ain't about that woo-woo stuff. He not going to be sitting up here talking about what he really want out of a woman. But until he saw his boy get what he ultimately wanted to have, it was like a realization that woke up in him. Like, no, I want more for my life. Like, I want to be able to chase my dreams and I want somebody to stand beside me that's going to help me chase my dreams. I don't want to be arguing all the time. Or be with somebody just because we supposed to be together. Yeah. I thought that was a moment for him where I started to look at yeah. him in a different way. Absolutely. I, and I felt like they set it up to where we definitely would probably see more yeah. of Sean, or at least I hope so. Um, more of his character and kind of where he goes from here type of situation. But I agree that. I'd like to think that most men, just from the men that I've dated or the men that I'm friends with, just from the, what they've shared with me, is just that they definitely want someone that they can grow with, that supports them. Um, you know, and women, now sometimes they say we nag and complain and it's not really that, that's what they receive and that's not what we're putting out. But I think that sometimes, I know I'm guilty of it, um, just not appreciating what they are giving because we yes. want them to be something else um, and not appreciating what they are and who they are um, and what they, the value that they do add and what they want from us is just that support and the extra stuff is just extra. But like at the core, when a man says that he's simple and that it doesn't take much, that's what it is. It's like, I just want somebody to support me in whatever capacity that may right. mean for that man. Um, and I think that's kind of like what Sean, when he was like, I just want somebody to like go out, all out of their way to just, you know, try to support me, you know, in everything that, that it is. And so I really hope that, you know, we are able to see his character develop for sure. Yeah, I think it when you get into a relationship and you're with somebody for a long period of time, you start to form this pattern where you just you're not appreciative of them. And I think a lot of times as women, we tend to, not all the time, but there's certain periods of time where we're just like, well, he ain't do this and he didn't do that. and He didn't do this. And we just got to stop and think about, okay, what is he doing? What other things does he have on his plate right now that may be hindering him for fully showing up for us? What emotional issues is he going through right now? And he just can't voice those to me. And so I think we'll see that evolution with Sean because 
his older character, they show him having conversations with the older Yasir. So I'm sure we're going to see more about mm-hmm. his his story in the coming seasons. That's true. Before before we go, though, you know, just what you just said, I have a friend that would probably argue and say, well, why are we why do we always have to make an excuse? Um, this is me playing devil's advocate because this is what she would say. Why do we have to make an excuse for for men and them not being able to express themselves and them having a lot on their plate? And why do we have to overcompensate for for that? What would you say? Um, I wouldn't say that was that it's necessarily an excuse. I think mm-hmm. it's just a realization that men and women are wired differently yeah, and that there's nothing that we can do about it. Yep. <laughs> as I much agree. as we like men, they think about one thing, like they can't multitask. If they got, Girl. you know, a project on their mind, it does not matter what you got going on at that moment. That's all he can literally focus on. And so I think we have this expectation of them to think and and react and to do things like we do. And that's what messes us up. Like we got to remind ourselves he don't function the same way that we do. So, and it's also love languages too. I think that's a big thing. And we could go into a whole spiel on that, but how they love us and how we receive love can be totally different. So he may think he's doing everything he's supposed to do to make you happy. But if that's not how you receive love, then there's going to be a disconnect. And so yeah. it's a lot that goes into it more than just the surface level of us making excuses for them and overcompensating. Because I do yeah. think they tell us how they feel about stuff. We just don't always hear them. That's real. I agree. Yeah. Love is. Girl. It was such a good season. And there's so many other things that we didn't talk about, but. I know, which tells you how amazing the show is, okay? We'll have to come back and unpack season two. And we'll have to have another conversation to talk about some of these other dating topics because it's just so much that goes into this. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. It's so much, but I I am so glad that in my thirties, there's some things that I have learned that I just was not even aware of in my twenties. And so I think, you know, having the conversation, maybe somebody out there will listen to us and not make the same mistakes that we made. Yeah. Because I can write a book, but we'll say that for next time. I appreciate you being on. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. Okay. Let the people know where they can find you because you are the grind girl. You are my hustling friend. I can't even keep up with everything you got going on myself. So you got to tell them what you got going on in your social media handles. Yeah. So you can follow me at Jada. S-U-K-G. That stands for Shut Up, Keep Grinding. Um, And if you want to to grind it out with me with some motivational apparel, follow my apparel line at grindmatch or grindmatch.com. Um, and if you want to travel with me, check me out at global underscore intent at theglobalintent.com. Um, we're going to South Africa next year, man, and I'm doing some amazing things. So 
follow me, connect with me. I respond to DMs and I look forward to hearing more from you all. All right. Thanks, Jay. Ashley. Thank you. Thanks for checking out this week's show. To keep up with me, check me out on Facebook at Miss Systemomics, on Instagram at Miss.Systemomics, and on the website where you can ask questions, MissSystemomics.com. Until next time.